0: And welcome to another Dr. Supercoach Get podcast I'm joined this week by I've had enough of you The king has returned w- Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast You're on once again with Chizo. I have escaped the basement And I'm ready to talk some Supercoach I'm here with Pistol How are you mate? It's great to hear your voice once again <laughs> It's good to hear your voice Cheezo. Uh That's something I haven't heard in, the, in quite a while Maybe even months uh, J- JB's just taking a little bit of a nap uh, on the ground at the moment. I was pretending I was Tom Lynch of all things. Um, I was just you know, just trying to channel my inner flog and just thought I'd uh, you know, swing some arms at people around me. Uh, Pistol, I've actually forgotten what you look like. I'm glad that we've got the camera on tonight so I can see you. I, I notice that you're hiding away from me. Supercoach, lots of things have happened. When I left your community, I was in something like the 30,000s. I was embarrassed. They locked me... In a basement and uh, i've escaped i've come back I'm in the top 10 k and things are looking up pistol I'm, I'm getting excited. How was your week uh, you're doing better than the top 10 k aren't you well you're- technically I'm in the top 10k I didn't say how far up uh, how did you go with the sweet cheese I feel like you're just asking for it Um you're playing. <laughs> Well, I'm, my eyes are still adjusting to the light, um, escaping the basement. 24-74, I think, this week, which is good. Uh, I needed a one twenty two from Greenwood in the last game to, uh, to jump JB in the rankings. So, uh, unfortunately, Green couldn't get me there, but I'm only 25 points behind. And I can feel the official Cheezo chase down train just chugging along, ready to just, just start taking over a few people.
1: <laughs> no you both are uh, you're, you're doing quite well sitting at about 3k myself I had a big two five four three last week uh, monster score and moved up to 308th overall bit of a weird season for me I've kind of just been inside the top 1k since like around 4 or around 5 and just sat there and have gone up gone down and just it's. I'm not seemingly making any ground. My team's not that good, so I don't have super high hopes. I think I'll I'll, I'll finish roughly where I'm currently at just, at the
0: moment. Just casually in line for some uh, some what was it a KFC Zinger box or something like that in the top top one K or whatever it is. And and yeah, you know, my team's just not that good. No, I'd love to have your team right now, first. I would you know like there's certain things I would change. I'd like to have some of the players in your side, but that's okay. We don't want to pump your tires. Um, Where have I been? Uh, I've been doing stuff behind the scenes for real and I'm really proud of how you and JB have just been, you know, holding the fort while I've been doing stuff behind the scenes and the, you know, it's a bit of a meme that I don't check in with the podcast to see how things are going, but I listen every week, Pistol, and you know that. it explains your rank. And it, it, it has, you know, the funny thing is when I stopped being on the podcast and start listening to the podcast, my rank just started accelerating to the pointy end. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's telling about you guys or telling about me. And maybe I should take another break, but um, <laughs> really proud of uh, how you've been going. Um, and, and we'll jump into some housekeeping before we get into the, the, the main guts of the podcast, Pistol. And, you know, I've just got to tone it down a little bit. I, I, you know, I'm, we've got time. Between around now, you know, it's it's not like tomorrow morning is when the next lockout happens. We've got a couple of days. I've, I, it's almost too much time, Pistol, in between rounds to to start thinking. I've got so many trade ideas that I could do. It's no longer rushed.
1: Yes. Welcome to the first ever six hour podcast. <laughs>
0: We can't go that long. We do have a couple of shout outs from Patreon that do need shouting out. We've got Jack Warren and Peter Guringa. Thank you for joining our Patreon page and jumping in the Slack channel. Fantastic to have you in there. Um, and we've got a, a lot of donations to go through, Pistol. I'll let you kick off. Um, we got some absolutely fire comments in there, too. Yeah, I will say we did. Um, skimp. The uh, past the uh,
1: donations last week just because of the short turnaround of games and there were many last week and there were many this week so once again we thank everybody but uh, this will be minimum five minutes because there are a lot and we're very appreciative <laughs> and here <laughs> we go skip forward <laughs> with the
0: 30 second button on your, on your favourite podcast app
1: yeah, I was, I was just giving a, a heads up if you're not interested, but there are some good comments, so might be worth your time. First up, uh, oh, a little while ago, 10 days ago to be precise, uh, from Al, thank you very much. He says, GG Port deserve victory over Richmond. Thrott says, donating given the donuts I've been serving by not being on Slack. Smiles and cheers from NYC. Thank you, Throtz, and hope you're doing well uh, overseas. Uh, to Jacko, he says, for my continued use of the word surely in relation to players' supercoach scores in game Dame, Sorry, Crips owners. I think that was in relation to him predicting... Um, Surely. Surely. Surely, Surely Crips will do well. That. Surely. Surely. And it's just backfired. It's got the moz on it. Uh, to Damiano. He said, lost a bet to Benny's Buzz Boys on Slack. Uh, Gath versus Crips most possessions and Betts versus Kennedy goals. So I think um, some of the... the People want to bet on sport, but no one actually bet with the betting app, So they're betting for the council council instead. I love which that. Is nice to see. Right. It. It's a happier alternative. Maybe everyone should be doing that. But. <laughs> TV <Donate> for donuts. <laughs> Richard Boyd, thank you very much. He says, "Well done, West Coast deserve the win. Blues are coming
0: though, coming though, though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Though. They are coming. They they've had, they are coming they, though. they having. They, you know. Just, they just come, they're coming off a win. Pistol and Pommy, shout out." It's Love getting it. a
1: bit late for me, so I'm getting tongue-tied, and there's still <laughs> like 10 more to go. To Chizo, Chizo, thank yes. you very much. He says, a dollar for every point the Supercoach app cost me by leaving Stuart on the bench with no emergency. Did you want to explain this one?
0: I think it explains it pretty well. You you know when you leave the house. I don't know. No, I'm I'm in Victoria. I do not know what you're talking about. I realised exactly (laughs) what I said, and I tried to backtrack. Um, (laughs) Just imagine a time when you're allowed to leave the house, and you grab your keys, you grab your phone, you grab your wallet, you chuck it in your pocket. As you're like locking the door and walking away, you do that little tap on your pocket to just you know just to make sure that you've got everything, even though you've literally just put it in there. I didn't tap the pocket. I didn't check, you know, in my head, I'm like, yep, I chucked Stewart on ground. Cool. And then 10 minutes into the first quarter, I'm getting added on Slack like 10, 20 times. Cheezo stuffed up. I'm like, oh, what's happened? I didn't tap the pocket. I didn't do the double check and make sure that what I thought I'd done had actually gone through. And it's a little bit ingest that the Supercoach app cost me. I, I st- believe I have a memory of putting him on the field. I can't tell. I can't tell you where that came from. It could, it could have just been a premonition from years previous. But um, yeah, no. I, it cost me twenty three points on field by not having the emergency on him. And yeah, you so missed twenty three bucks.
1: You missed his score in the. It could have it been so much worse, or sixty eight, or something. It could have so been so much worse. You got away. You got away there. Uh, <laughs> and next up, thank you, Kyle Chandler, Shanis shana stevenson football club uh he says says, donating for my partial donut partial donut for gorn and draper which will knock me out of the top 100 flex before it all falls apart i do like (laughs) the idea of flexing right before it all goes you can do italics in this yeah i actually didn't know you could do italics either
0: so there we go he is flexing (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> a to Tom Haynes He's donating as I traded Gorn and Brad Close to Draper and Neil Close was on my bench And before I could sub Neil on He was locked out with no emergency And oh. then Draper was rested I could have traded Neil for Simpson And would have had Close's score and Neil's score No
0: That's rough That's that's worse than yours That That Cheso. is worse than mine I don't, well, let's hope it is not donating a point, a dollar for every point. That would be bad. (laughs) That would be bad. Times by 10. (laughs) To Matt
1: Panna, thank you very much. He says, in the dying minutes of Suns vs. Bombers, I said I'd donate. If the Bombers got up, they obviously didn't win, but I was entertained, so take my donation. Oh, that's nice.
0: Entertained watching a Bombers game. I'm I'm, I'm a bit worried. What game was he he watching? Maybe he he was was watching a replay. It's a great game, that game. Um, it's Benny Buzz
1: Boys. He says, lost head-to-head with Grandmaster Sensei Wushka. Spielner and I didn't win on what looked like a Supercoach bug with emergencies, but always happy to donate for the cause. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on Earth. Muhammad Ali always gets me to read quotes, which I kind of like. So, good yeah. on uh, Stephen Clark says, kept the C on Haynes from his bite. Oh, my. I, I actually nearly... Did this? I Oof. looked at my app about five minutes before the app for, before the match started and realised my captaincy was on Haines. I remember well. you saying that actually, yeah. So I nearly got caught out by that as well. Um, I'm not sure why. I guess I was loopholing or something. <laughs> so that's an ouch. Especially this week, um, Butler says for being so bad at COD, I couldn't get one kill when Jacko was sweating. Don't know what that's about, but thank you, Butler. <laughs> Jack <laughs> just says Brad is my dad and donated so appreciate that and then brad's donated and said i may so donating because all these fellow flogs decided to make me look like a two-year-old sorry jacko still waiting on jb to eat his vegemite and peanut butter toast i feel like they're all playing games together and i have no idea the context behind any
0: of these but yeah I we're in the, the mi- donations we've joined into the middle of one of their conversations and have no idea what's going on but they're donating so again mm. it's appreciate
1: um Ryan Pritchard says donate for donuts, got nothing out of Watson, Rivers and Ling. That that's a lethal combination right there. Yeah, rough. Damien Fayer says Donating for dumb things. I traded Duday to Shoal to free up cash when I could have taken Williamson seventy one. Yeah, that's an
0: ouch. That's a big ouch. In fairness, that's, who would have expected seventy one from Williamson?
1: No, but yeah, I could have taken it first and then decided <laughs>
0: to do the trade after. That's Maybe he that. thought that was his year's total points. He didn't realise that was from this week.
1: <laughs> Williamson's been good lately. It's been scoring well. To Mark Niblock the block says donating for donuts. Dropped Brander, who was a late in to bring in Shoal and hope that Hammer would be back this week. <laughs> Looking for a sixty nine plus from Greenwood to Pip JB though. And Greenwood did come through on that, so congrats on beating JB. Not that hard of an ask, though, in the last couple of weeks. Am I right, Chizo? <laughs> not, not, not the only person this week either. We'll get to that in a moment. It's <laughs> uh, Andrew Leveque. says, I am donating because of Hawthorne's insipid performance against the Wet Toast Eagles. Good use of insipid. I appreciate that. Uh, Marcus <laughs> just donated... Uh, donating for donuts, yo being a late out with Simpson already looped on and Schoenberg just sitting on the bench. That is the Uh, dangers of an emergency loophole. It will get us plenty of times this season with mm -hmm. the teams not being named until the night before, but appreciate your donation nevertheless. And the other blackie has donated and says, good night, sweet prince. See you in 2022. I'm not sure what that reference is into. It might be Sicily, maybe. Oh yeah, that would make a lot of sense. That would make... That would make more sense, unless he was just not playing until 2022.
0: Maybe he was talking about himself in third person. Maybe this is Blackie's way of (laughs) leaving Slack. (laughs) Hold on. General, Blackie has left (laughs) Slack. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for donating. I, I, I will have to do a recalculation on what we're up to now, we must have cracked uh, the $11,000 mark for the, uh, Canadian definitely of Victoria. So uh, definitely. leave that with me. I'll we'll do an update. Uh, the last bit of housekeeping is that the, uh, the Dr. Supercoach cup is down to the final 32 teams. And your board, is the last podcaster, uh, left standing, uh, got a bit of a cushy draw. And there's, uh, there's been, <laughs> there's been a few, few claims of, uh, of, of tampering in the, in the, in the, the bracket that didn't happen. I can say that for sure um but yeah uh, JB has fallen this week after pistol the week before as uh the resident GP um he on on his way back from grabbing a sandwich has, not, has knocked him off uh um, so is going to go out. Uh, and just me left, who's going to get the last hat in the Dr. Supergate Cup? We've got DTS coming up against me this week, who could be taking it away. Um, it'd be nice. I, I, don't, I just don't know if DTS is going to be able to wear a hat with that fro. I'm not sure it's going to be able to you know, compress it down far enough. You might need a bit of a shave. I'm um, just disappointed that I lost to such a big score so early because I, I scored
1: well myself mm. uh, above 2100 um, the week before last and still lost to like a 2170, which was... Very large, um, and then obviously put the damage on
0: this week, and it meant nothing. Yeah, so that's it's it just is. the way it goes in the cup. You, you can't you can't relax at all when you're in the Dock Supercoach Cup Pistol. No, um, it's gonna to everyone going. that fast forwarded, welcome back. We uh, we were glad to have you back with us as we get back into the the super coach topics, Pistol. We're going to start the 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 big news. Uh, obviously, with Sicily doing the ACL, which may bring 2021 into doubt, depending on when they end up running that season next year. Whether it's back to normal, um, we'll know that in, in the future. Um, he's obviously got to go this week. There's a, a two kind of divides on uh, you know two sides of the fence on what people uh, are thinking of doing with Sicily. Um, I'd love to know your take. You can either, you know, a decent price, do you find a little bit of extra cash and go up to an absolute super premium defender Um, or do you, you know, use the fact that he's he's, um, still holding a lot of value there to get someone that's a little undervalued to um, sprinkle that cash throughout the rest of your side? Look, we're about to head
1: into the buys, the best 18 across weeks, 14, 15 and 16. And if you don't have Jake Lloyd in your back line, I think you're going to suffer. He's just far and away the best defender option. I mean, he's averaging 120 Cheezo. He's like my fourth or third best player in my entire Supercoach side. Um, I just think that if you haven't got him by this stage of the season, now's the perfect opportunity right before those buys hit because we saw what happens to your rank if you know there's a player particularly like Lloyd, who's in 33% of teams, if he goes 130 or 140 and your replacement option scores like 80 or 90, you just end up with a rank fall and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I think he's just far and away going to continue uh, scoring at the rate that he's scoring um, for the rest of the season. There's no reason why he would slow down either. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that if you don't have Jake Lloyd, now's the time to to jump on him, Chiso.
0: Yeah, and I think... I really appreciate where you're coming from in the fact that um, three of the final six rounds will be best 18 with the buy rounds. Um, and so to make any sort of ground, like 50% being those, um, the, the the low deviation between, um, you know, whatever par is that week. So uh, I think we saw someone this week scored a 2,700 or something ridiculous um, from, you know, 22 on field. It allows you to get, you know, an extra couple players to um, separate yourself from the other teams. Whereas with the buys, we saw how hard it was to make significant ground when everyone has four of their on-field players taken out of it. Is it so I'm, I'm kind of picking up that you're very, very, uh, your preference is to get the absolute uber premiums when given the opportunity such as this.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you can do it, you know, jump at the
0: opportunity. It's
1: hard to get Lloyd otherwise. Like, if you're upgrading from a rookie at this stage of the season with this this cash generation in this economy, you know, it's just not going to happen, Cheeso.
0: <laughs> well, I'll lead on from that, that last comment. Like, you, you're obviously indicating that this part of the season is becoming increasingly difficult to find cash and to generate cash and find ways to finalising our side. I think, uh, I don't know what it's like for many of you out there, but for me, I'm going to find it really difficult to generate enough money over the last, um, you know, six rounds to fill out that M8 for me and F6 for me with a genuinely, you know, top-tier premium in both of those lines. If I'm looking at someone like, a, um, for, for argument's sake, a Petrarca and a, a Fife, I've, there's no possible way I'm going to generate that much cash over the next month to be able to so, bring those people in. So is there not the argument to get someone that's undervalued like a Zach Williams or even an Adam Saad and then use that cash to turn someone like a Darcy Cameron um, into a Greenwood or a Bailey Smith or a Simpkin?
1: Yeah, so I think you need to be careful with your budget options. I can totally see there being a strong case for Zach Williams, given you know his past scoring history, and, and Adam Saad, no buy, obviously, either, and averaging 99 this season, and just basically putting in good scores every week, pro- approximately, at his average. He Very, very rarely deviates far from it. I think you just need to not fall into a trap of then going... That little bit cheaper and falling down into like Bailey Williams or Jack Lucocious. Like yes, they look great. Their three round average is a hundred. Yeah, his three round average is one hundred and three. Five round average of ninety two. I can totally see it, but he's still four hundred and thirty k. Don't
0: chase the car. Don't. no That's we've we've all been there before. We've all been. We we all chased Travis Cloak about six years ago when he started 130. 130, 130. And what happened then? No. <laughs> no, it's it's, a, it's different, but you've got to be careful that you're not chasing.
1: I think um, Adam Shara people were trying to jump on as well because he's had a good game. Um, Nick Flossman's had four really good scores in his last six matches, but you know Hooley's coming back to the hub as well, which is going to have some sort of impact there. I just think don't get too smart with your last trade. I, I think you got to be very careful and make sure that you still pick a premium player. Uh, If you are going to go the value route, otherwise, you know, find your way to Lloyd. But definitely, we don't have that many trades. Really, Mm. have to be careful who you're trading in. You you don't want to get one wrong at this stage of the season. Well,
0: I'll I'll ask you this: so over the next, there's there's a genuine possibility that a number of people, a number of coaches, end up with one rookie on field in the last round of the year. I I genuinely feel like there's a chance that a lot of people are going to end up with. Um, You know, like a a Schoenberg or a a Brad Close at F6, and that's just what they're dealing with because they've run out of trades and haven't generated enough cash. So I guess over the next six weeks, would you rather have a Jake Lloyd and Close or Schoenberg coming on the field every week, or would you like to have a Zach Williams and, say, a Darcy Parrish that, yes, they're not not necessarily... um, you know because of the best eighteen scenario, the difference between the top teams and yourself um, with those two players is going to be mitigated slightly, and so I can definitely see the argument that um you'd pick these two guys um, that you might lose out a little bit in the best eighteen scenario because if one of them has a stinky you just they get knocked out of your, your scoring anyway uh, but in those three you know three other rounds where you have twenty two on the field, I think it's absolutely imperative to have as many Rookies in your team on the bench as opposed to being stuck with someone on the field for the rest of the year. So um, I, I, I think it, it's important not to just see Jake Lloyd for being the amazing player who's going to be over the, the next six weeks, but what it costs you elsewhere on your side if you have the opportunity to get two you know mid-tier premiums as opposed to Uber premiums, yeah. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you just got to be careful with, I guess, which rookies that you're playing on the field. I think there's a big difference between Schoenberg, who's, you know, he's scoring. We're hoping his scoring potential picks up, but I, I don't even know how long he's going to last in the side. And getting someone, for example, like keeping a Rankin, who you know could potentially score in the 70s or 80s or 90s, and you can still shark a good score. I think there's a big difference between those two types of players. And I, I feel more confident or comfortable with, like, a, a Lloyd and Rankin um, instead of... Sp- you know, the same amount of cash in two trades worse or whatever it might be um, in alternative situations. Yeah. But it also shows like exactly who is playing for overall and who is playing for league. Like it, it's couldn't be clearer this season because the buyers are in the finals. Like mm. previous years, at this stage, you know, the supercoach at the end of the year, it's, you know, everyone's still competing for high scores. The people are trying to peak in supercoach finals. They're trying to bang out, you know, the massive 2700s. Uh, but in, in this season, it's kind of going to be, well, when we get to the buys, round, you know, 15 in particular, there's going to be a lot of teams that are tanking that week when they're playing for league. And the overall ranks are going to just like shift entirely, I think, yep. in that round. It's going to be big swings. So, um, we're going to see that impact, I guess, in the final part of this season, which is going to be interesting. Geez, so I did have one question for you. Sure. Um, before we move on, there's one player that some people are considering getting just because he's so much cheaper than all of the other backline options, and he's scored well in his two games. You know, he's now putting 110 and uh, 90 and averaging 100 <clears throat> over 100, and that is Jackson Thurlow yeah. at 360k. Yeah. Do you think that he's a worthwhile option, or
0: is it just one of these flash in the pans and don't bother? Um, I wouldn't say don't bother. I think in this season, it's, you know, if, you know, at the start of the year, I disregarded the likes of Bailey Smith um, and Simpkin and Ridley and these kind of guys because, you know, we'd never seen it before. And I said, um, you know, they're unproven and just ignored them until everyone else had jumped on and I was trying to, you know, pick them up after they've appreciated price. If you have watched the Swans and you think Jackson Thurlow has the right role, then I would not, um, you know, if you're confident in that situation, I I have, you know, I wouldn't be talking you out of it necessarily. Um, But at the same time, it's not like I'm advocating because I, I, I definitely do play this game a lot more cautious, and so I, I want to see um, a bit more exposed for, form than a, another couple of games. And, you know, Rampy going out now for the rest of the season, how does that impact him as well? Because we know Jackson Thurley has been um, used as more of a close-checking defender in you know seasons previous um, does he end up getting more of a role like that with Rampy gone? Um, it's probably just a little too risky for me at this end of the season because if you get one trade wrong, you, it's very, very difficult to change it or to make up ground.
1: Yeah, I think Swans outside of this week uh, don't really have a great draw for the rest of the season. And you've got to keep in mind then the last two games he scored well, they've won and nearly won against Collingwood. It's just been close. I guess games. His role does look great, but also he's just like the rest of the Swans team. It, he could be thrown completely around the dark, like the the magnet board. He mm. might not have that role in two weeks time, and then you know scoring twenty. So I can see the appeal in just jumping on him and trying to make some cash because the cash gen is so dire. The situation, but I think if you're going to do that, you need to be able to get him with one trade from. Whichever option, maybe you've got a McPherson, you can go McPherson or Thurlow in one trade. I definitely would not be doing a downgrade and an upgrade to Thurlow using two trades to bring him in. I think uh-huh. it's just an absolute nightmare. Um, it's, we've barely got any trades left, and I, I wouldn't be using that many on, on Thurlow. I think it's just best to go, if you're considering that, it'd be best just to go all the way down to a rookie um, and then wait until the opportunity presents together. a, proper premium defender.
0: Yeah. And we, we've seen a few people that have uh, have said, um, uh, I, I've talked to someone uh, today even that was looking at Joel Selwood at M9 because they're in a scenario where um, they're, you know, flush with trades and they're looking to find uh, a bit of cover around the ground. Let's say someone was looking at a Jackson's Thurlow at D7. What might that be uh, a bad idea? I know you've talked about this in the, the Patreon only podcast, um I'd just like to, to to see why you might touch on that because we've seen a few people trying to find some, you know, every year we get to the end and people are picking up $300,000 players as their their bench cover when rookies become sparse.
1: Look, it's it's a different situation uh, than usual because of the buys. Like, if you're picking up a player, maybe I wouldn't go for Selwood because he's got a buy himself in round 15. But, I mean, we're going to have to talk about him at some point, so I'm just going to bring it up. But if you're looking at buying a ninth midfielder to try and gain points during that buy-around while the rest of your midfielders are um, being ben- uh, benched because they have the buy. I mean, Angus Brayshaw at the moment, he's got a role um, at the moment, I should say, you know, just above 410K. Um, he, he's going to play all the games for the rest of the season. Melbourne have a decent draw. He should score well. I just think, what sort of team do people have right now where they can afford to have him on the bench? I feel like in a best 18 scenario, if your team's that good where you've got him on the bench or that vanilla that you've got him on the bench, it means that in your those best 18, those scores that are being dropped off are probably... like you're prob- You don't probably have the Uber premiums is what I'm getting at because mm. you've got this available cash to get another premium. So you're probably missing out on the Lloyds and you're missing out on the top tier premiums and i think i'd rather upgrade someone on my field with that money and get a top tier premium instead and then that will be better for the best 18 and that will be better then for you know around 17 and 18 as well
0: just because you have better players actually on your field rather than on your bench yeah and that's right and having um this sort of money on the bench, you know, in the the best twenty-two rounds or the non-buy rounds, is just an opportunity cost because that that cash is sitting there, you know, not scoring points for you essentially. So, um, just echoing what you're saying there, well, I, I very much would save that trade. And if someone like Sicily gets injured in your side, they're already premium priced. You can usually just straight swap to, to to a replacement with no risk whatsoever, um, as opposed to. You know, having someone get injured and then a, a Jackson Thurlow or a, a Joel Selwood comes in off the bench as you cover or something like that. I'd rather keep that trade and just side, sideways a uh, a premium should they have a season-ending injury or something like that. Um, so, yeah, a the, 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 the few little cul-de-sacs we went down there, Pistol But I hope that kind of covers all, all sort of aspects to do with that. We'll jump into the next big topic, which is obviously the rookies or the lack thereof, Pistol. What are we going to do? There's no real options just leaping off the page at us is this just a situation where we're picking someone up that is going to be our last bench spot in any particular line or maybe we like that zach foot has the dpp that we can swimming swing him um to to forward or to to the midfield or something like that what are your thoughts I think at this stage of the year, the DPP is super valuable because even if that
1: player gets dropped, you know, you still have a use for them in your side. It also opens up the ability to get a player from either, you know, the midfield or the forward if you are doing a future trade, so you can still jump on the best possible rookie um, if they are to come in the next coming weeks. But not just that, Zach Foot probably is the best rookie option this week. There's barely any um, available, so for me. He's the same as what I was saying about Wicks last week where they need to play well to stay within the Sydney side and that Sydney team is going to have heavy rotation for the rest of the season, heavy. They're going to try out kids to see if they have, you know, can make an AFL or not. Um, they're, they're definitely going to give a bunch of kids a go. So I, I don't think it's bad investing in a whole bunch of them. I'm sure our benches are going to be full of them at the moment. Um, I think yours has Bell and Wicks, so you might be giving Bell, Wicks and Foot it's, And uh, Ling. And Ling. So, and mean, Gould, maybe. And maybe Gould. So, look, they, they're going to give the <laughs> it's a lot. They're going it, to give it's the swans reserves over here at Cheezo's <laughs> Champs DRSC. <laughs> they're going to get opportunities. They don't have the buy. Um, I think that in this situation, particularly when they have DPP as well, um, it just kind of ticks all the boxes. The other options uh, that people are considering: Nick Reed for West Coast. West Coast have so many injuries that I do think he will get some games. I just don't think he's a particularly great scorer, Chizo. He's got no, not the right yeah, role. No, the forward pocket, and they had to gift him literally gift him a goal. They called him over
0: from twenty meters away to let him. <laughs> it kick It came his first with a goal. bow, a little ribbon on top. That one.
1: Uh, yeah, wasn't a big fan of that play, just bringing him over to let him kick a goal from right in front. That was, you got to earn it sometimes. Yep. Um, but that boosted his super coach score and he still didn't score very well. So how much money is he really going to make when he gets dropped? That's probably not going to be great. Um, I think there's potentially a better forward option. Obviously we're not going to talk about foot again, but maybe Cavara Chizo finally returned to that bulldog side Scored okay in the 60s. It's not too bad um, at his prices. 144k, so definitely still viable.
0: Do you think he's a better option in the forward line? Um, Look, I am of the opinion that the players that we're picking up at this point are going to be to the point of being unreliable that we should not be considering them if we think we're going to have to play them on our field at any stage. So if you think you have to play them on your field, you're in strife or any all of these options they're either at m8d8 or f8 or you know i wouldn't be very very happy to be in your situation cavara the elevated price there's no expectation that you're going to you know low on trades we're not really going to be using him as a cash cow we don't expect him to suddenly make us 150k and then trade him out so really people in this position you're looking for bargain basement as possible uh, I'd, I'd almost say that the DPP is more valuable for me than the, the, the fact that they're playing. So if I can get a few games out of foot and then he goes out, but I've got that DPP to swap, you know, close um, and, and foot around uh, and even a, a bell that I have as well. Jeez, there are a lot of Sydney Swans in my team. Um, <laughs> to swap around, I find that to be more valuable and I'd rather save the 25K between Kivara. Um, and foot right now, or the yeah, the twenty k, whatever it is, um, to to gain access to that DPP because there's uh, there's probably a hundred thousand super coaches that have had Kavara in their team at some point. He's only just got his second game, so that, that, that being filled with confidence is not something I'd say I am with Kavara to to bring in at an ele- a slightly elevated price.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's not it's it's not the season this year to bring in non playing hundred and two k rookies sometimes they're worthwhile bringing in at this stage so that you can do a bench loophole so you'd have um I don't know you'd stick a rank in at f7 and loophole with your your f8 of f6 I should say um by bringing in a non-playing player I don't think this year it's worthwhile just because we've got the buys we've got the condensed fixtures teams are going to have a large amount of player turnover and anyone can get a game in in any week so I would still punt on the player who is named or has a chance of
0: being named, rather than a just a hundred and two k dead weight. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm yeah. saying. I'm de- definitely someone that's playing. But if I've got the choice between Zach Foot and Kavara, both scoring the same, but Foot's got DPP, yeah, I, I,
1: DPP I would I would go
0: I would go with that over someone. Spe- like even if Kavara was the same price as Zach Foot, he hadn't already had that twenty k jump this week. I'd still be choosing that DPP to kind of eke out any sort of loopholing. so those that
1: need a downgrade option down back we've got Cottrell at 142k from uh, Carlton who has now gone up, he's played two games and potentially we will have Will Gould if he is named and comes in for Rampy this week, fingers crossed out of those two options Shizo, uh, which one would you bring
0: in assuming both the names this week (laughs) I think I would be pretty hypocritical to say Cottrell (laughs) um, <laughs> no, actually, what, what's Gould at? He's got to be basement. He was like, yeah, 20, he's a hundred and seventeen k Yeah, um, definitely Gould. If they're both named this week, there was that passage of play in the last quarter where Paul Cottrell's kicking efficiency actually went into the negatives um, at one point. So, um, turning it over at the top of the fifty twice in thirty seconds is something. It's very difficult to do. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't end up in the negatives for that, basically. But uh, Gould for me.
1: Well. I think uh, the twenty-eight percent disposal efficiency last week for Cottrell—it's—it's it's not as bad as it looks. Chizo, just because we uh, it see it looks pretty bad. I, I saw yeah. the highlights. <laughs> Look, he had 10, 10 contested possessions, yeah. which you'd like to see from a Supercoach rookie defender enough that they probably get another game. And he did kick a goal. I think there's some sort of upside to him, but. Will Gould is a uh, different beast. Um, I, I would be expecting 60s, 60-plus uh, from Gould. So, fingers crossed that he's named, at least for me this week, because I'm probably in need of a defensive rookie that's playing because, again, I have Ling, which is not being good for us at all, Chiso. No. Um, so, I would probably go there first. Um, not above foot,
0: but pretty much above any other rookie uh, <laughs> if named this week. Yeah, and... We've talked about him so much in 2020, even as way back as like December 2019. If I don't have him in my side and he's playing this year, I'll be very, very disappointed. I might just pick (laughs) him on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just... It's kind of annoying when rookies debut this
1: late in the season. You're like, can't we just hold them over... For next season and be able to Mate, get a
0: bargain basement price scored, that would be fantastic. With the condensed fixtures, every rookie is getting a couple games this year, which means next year we're going to be picking our bargain basement prices are like, oh, this really cheap rookie at 173400 oh, we've got to get him in. It's like everyone's getting elevated for 2021 it's going to be sad. It's going to be like playing AFL Fantasy with all these random high price rookies <laughs> that got picked in like a rookie draft 10 years ago.
1: All right, Cheese, I think uh, that probably covers the big topics. Capitans. Do we have any podcast questions? Oh, wow. I know we do. Um, I've got them up. I'm happy to read through them to you, maybe put you on the spot with a couple of questions
0: if you're interested. Doesn't sound like it. Oh, God, we've got like 60,000. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go through. Okay, you, legitimately you, you, ch- you cherry questions. pick the ones that have the most upvotes.
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to go... Um, Look, we've, we've already discussed rookies, so I'm going to avoid all of the rookie options. We have discussed Sicily, so I'm going to avoid them. Any other question, I will try and ask. I think that's going to be helpful to the masses. So first, we have H. He says, thoughts on Sam Walsh. I know he doesn't get the CBAs at the moment, but I can't argue with the results. His last five scores have been 115, 140, 52, 114, 123. Not sure what happened in that 52 game. He's only 486K, has had his bye, and his run home is Gold Coast, Collingwood,
0: GWS, Sydney, Adelaide, and Brisbane. Chizo, Sam Walsh, what are your thoughts? I don't mind it. I mean, obviously, he's better than your mate, Matty Rao. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's why uh, you traded Sam Walsh to me in the keeper league. Um, I, I've got no problem with it. I, I, I think that's just finishing off our sides. We're not going to be able to pick the fives that we want. And so if you want to take a flyer on someone that has the form, um, and Sam Walsh is the type of player that doesn't need the center bounce attendances because he impacts all the way around the ground, um, spending more time kind of up on a wing uh, as he develops in the, early in his career. So um, the way the Carlton are going at the moment, they're being competitive. If they keep being competitive, there's no reason Sam Walsh can't average three figures on the way home so um, yeah like it if you want to do that go for it yeah I, I agree with everything you said actually um that's that's a good spot I don't mind that
1: at all Chizzo, uh what's the cheapest defender that you think can average a hundred for the rest of the season <laughs> now, it's, it's it's a bit tough but um,
0: possibly not that tough <laughs> the cheapest defender oh, God. I I think I know who you're gonna say but uh, I don't even uh, know who I'm gonna say what am I going who am I gonna say I thought you were going to say... I was going to say Witherden. That's not who I thought you were going to say.
1: I, that's a good call. <laughs> I'm trying to filter by price. Hold on. <laughs> no, Witherden is 474K. Um, he's averaging 99.4 this season. Um, obviously, his first game when he, in round one, uh, he was shocking, got dropped, and only came back in round nine, and since then he's put out some very good scores. Uh, I don't mind that, Chizo, and he doesn't have too bad of a buy. Um, round 14... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go on a rant while you look up this, Chizo. We'll yeah. give you some time. I'm going I'm um, to
0: lock in with it, I reckon.
1: <laughs> well, well, no, you don't need time, and I'm still going to go on the rant <laughs> so you get
0: value for money, <laughs> podcast
1: cool. listeners. Um, I've got a crazy theory. It's not that crazy, doesn't but hear like me you. out. If you have more than 18 premiums in the round 14 buy, so a lot of people just have Lockie Neal. I know myself... At round 14, I'm likely going to have uh, a team with 21 premiums and one of them will have the buy in Lucky Neal. I'm going to have 20 premiums. Um, I'm just thinking, if you're in that situation where you have 19 or 20 premiums, bringing in somebody with a round 14 buy instead of bringing in somebody that's going to potentially suffer in a condensed fixture like a Fremantle player or a West Coast player in particular, I think I would be leaning towards that Brisbane player. So for example, if I'm choosing between Shuey or like, I mean, I was going to say Shuey or Jared Lyons, but obviously Jared Lyons is a better pick, but Shuey's already had the buy. I would be taking the Brisbane player because when they're not in your best 18 players in that week, you still, you're not going to get a rookie score replacement. You're going to have 18 premiums. So you're going to get, we should get 18, 19 premium scores. So you're not actually losing any points by picking, a premium from that buy round if you are getting premium replacement scores. So I think that it's being incredibly overlooked, um, the players that have that buy, when there's no need to overlook them. Another another good one, geez, I'm just going completely now rogue. You go rogue. for broke, mate. Love it when you are Going completely rogue. Matt Crouch has had seven tons in the last nine matches and his other games are in the 90s. He He's on an absolute tear at the moment, going completely under the radar, only 520k and does have that round 14 by. i think if you're choosing between one of those west coast players and you're looking at matt crouch i mean i know brad's been out um for a while but it doesn't really seem to impact his scoring too harshly um at all this had i think it was a four point drop off when they play together um this season but again very small sample size adelaide players you don't want they're going terribly but i also think that if I'm choosing between potentially a West Coast midfielder, they're not scoring particularly great either. And I'd rather know when the buy is coming and make sure that it's in a round where I have the premium replacements than gamble on a West Coast player and pray to God that they don't happen to cop a rest in round 15 because that uncertainty is probably more dangerous, Chiso. Yeah,
0: and I agree. I've had a look up and down the list... Of players that could go a hundred for the 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 remainder of the season could go, not that I think they will, but there's the potential for them. Uh, Hearn's only four no. hundred four thousand four hundred nine thousand. No. not letting but me say but that on the podcast. A, he's having a terrible year, so it's
1: not If happening. he wanted We're, to, w- no,
0: nope. uh, I think that Harry Andrews is a decent shout at four thirty nine, but he's had he has a he has a tendency to go one twenty one twenty forty. Uh, which puts me off picking someone like him. And someone that I overlooked, who's uh, seven thousand dollars cheaper than Witherden is Tom Stewart. at yeah, four okay. sixty-seven. Okay, that's that's a good good choice. I think I think you
1: do need to pay. You need to pay the cash to get someone who's going to average up a hundred. Like you could you could go a bit cut price if you want. Um, Jack Crisp in the four fifties, but he's only going to average in the you know maybe ninety. If you really want the hundred plus. Uh, or someone peppering 100, you're paying 470, you're getting sad. you're getting Williams or better. So, um, really dumping on my team hopefully, right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I apologize for that. Um, so, this question, this isn't even a question, this is a statement. Okay. Uh, JL uh, just says, Angus Brayshaw, I think we discussed him as an M9. Roll change. What about as an M8,
0: Chiso? Yeah, if he keeps his role, I got He. he, he what did he do this two, three years ago? We know, yeah, we, he we know he dominates. We started can. him the next year. <laughs> we, we, yeah. We know he can do it. It's just whether he's going to continue doing it, and that's the problem because we've seen... Of the Melbourne midfielders, is the only one that's been consistent year out. Uh, I started Oliver, and how many of us can uh, that started him contemplating getting rid of him in the first month? Like, it just wasn't great. He's been great the last two months, but that first first month sucked. So he, he had a slow start and then is picked up. We saw... Um, Viney have the hot start and then slow down and um,
1: and then pick back up and now he's lost
0: his role <laughs> and then slow down again yeah and now Angus Brayshaw's one of those midfielders that um, you know we forgot he was playing until about two weeks ago so um, it, I think he's a good a good shout if you're going with the M8 the, the Sam Walsh theory which I've just coined um, for, for 2019 so if, if you love it go for it I think I'm going to tie. I'm going to ask you
1: another question mm-hmm. in with it. Uh, Smitty's asked Is Viney worth a trade out if you still have two upgrades to do elsewhere? Is
0: Brayshaw threatening his scoring potential? Yes, he is threatening his scoring potential. No, it's not worth a trade out because you probably don't have a whole bunch of trades right now. And if Viney's your worst player in your midfield, I think worst things can happen. I think Viney's worth trading out. I'm going to go controversial,
1: um, Chizo. I just think he's he's definitely lost his role in his scoring potential. It's not like he's gone like a Doherty's going 110 down to 80 and we're getting you know pissed off at him for scoring in the 80s. Viney's gone from like 105 to like 50s and 60s. That That's an enormous that's, drop-off. That's just normal Viney, though. <laughs> it, it, I was, pre- I was preaching right. this before you guys brought him in. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I, I, mean, I, I didn't bring him in the end, but I can understand... Uh, I can understand the feeling of wanting to trade him out. Obviously, you can play through the buys, which is a little bit helpful. But I think if you have the trades, which is the the asterisk on this answer, if you have the trades to trade him out, I think that I would. I think he's the one. I would keep someone like Doherty over Viney at this point in time. I think you can get a lot more bang for your buck for trading out Viney to better players. Yeah. Um, And uh, I guess to answer the Brayshaw question... It's a, it's a desperate pick right like we're not we're not going out of our way to say actively target him at this price and put him as your your m8 this yes. is like I only have this much money I'm not gonna be able to finish my side help me choose a primo that doesn't suck at 420 and this is you know the desperate answer to that desperate question it's not it's not a you should actively target him yeah Agreed. Um, Cheeso, this one probably be quick Brett Doyle says am I nuts for even considering Nick Blakey yes he's a potential new <laughs> yes yeah look I can read the rest of the question but even his best score which was just now was only 110 like it's that was the best games played by a mile and I can't even imagine he's going to be putting up scores anywhere near that for the rest of the season and they won so I'm not predicting many more wins there um Chizzo, I think uh what about Duffer's question, he says, is
0: Walters still a good option? Um, I think I was very concerned with his performance on the weekend, not based on his supercoach score, but the role that he had. Uh, I think uh, he didn't have a single centre-bounce attendance, and he spent 100% of his game time in the forward line, which is vastly different to the Walters that we saw pre-injury where he was their second or third most used at a centre bounce and was playing fantastically. So is he still a good option? I still think he has the scoring potential there. Does he have the right role? But if they park him in the forward line for the rest of the year, I think he's going to be the Walters of old where we expect a 100 average and we get a 90. It's
1: a good answer. Uh, It's hard to argue when we literally saw him come back and play full-time forward. I I think coming off an injury, though, they probably just want to nurse him through the game. I'm a little worried in that condensed fixtures and with how well Freyu's midfield has been working with all the young kids as well, I wonder exactly how much midfield time he will get. I imagine it will be him and Fife probably swap in, swap out. I think he will get less midfield time than the beginning of the year. But even so... Just with how the forwards are kind of, I'll say, falling or failing towards this end of the season, um, I think he's still a worthwhile trade in um, if, you, if you need one more forward, particularly mm. that is going to fall probably around 500k or maybe even sub 500k. Um, doesn't have a buy. We know he's been averaging 100 plus this season. Um, I'd still look to get him. I would just temper my expectations yes. and I'd probably wait, wait a couple of weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't get him this week. I I would wait
0: another week to see how it goes as well yeah. and get him for a discounted price. Can I jump um, in?
1: Yes, uh,
0: Brett Doyle. Uh, in talking about Nick Blakey, I've just read the rest of the question. Um, looking for a burst player to go in his top eighteen scores theory. I think with if you're looking for someone with the potential to be like a burst player for your top eighteen scores, it needs to be someone with a track record of having hundred and fifty scores once or twice a year. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, like it's got to be so. it's got to be someone that you're not expecting them to. Get their first ever 150 or 130. It's got to be. It's got to be someone that's done it before, um, that has the prowess, and and just crossing your fingers and hoping you get lucky.
1: Um, Kimbo asks thoughts on upgrading Doherty? We did touch on it, but I know it's been a hot talking point uh, this week in particular.
0: I mean, if you can, there's no way I, no scenario where I'm going to be at upgrade. Docherty. I'm gonna have one trade left and I'm gonna be saving that saving that for someone who is gets a season length injury. If you're if you've got fifteen trades right now and you want to upgrade Doc, go for it, if he's your worst problem.
1: I I mean, I just don't know how that's somebody's worst problem. He's averaging he's still scoring in the eighties and nineties instead of hundred and ten and hundred and twenties like If Doherty's D six, so what? That's great. Yeah, that, that's that's what I see as well. I mean I don't think it's worthwhile. I've got bigger problems. Surely people have bigger problems. Doherty. Steve Clark says, do we trust Simpkin again? I'm going to answer that one, Cheeso, and say we never stopped trusting him. We just saw him hurt his ankle and uh, he was playing sore and now he looks like his ankle isn't hampering him. I mean, he turns the ball over a heck of a lot um, and that affects his scoring, but I've think he's a completely fine pick but he does have a really bad buy so if you're playing for overall you've got to watch out with that round 15 buy so many teams with it that it will limit um, I guess how you go over the rest of the year um, Chizo, I think there's not too many other questions oh, this one's actually not too bad um, Steve G says how many giants are too many giants um, they looked like poop on the weekend
0: <laughs> Um I wouldn't say more than three. Why is that? Uh, because they look like poop on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and they, tend to, they have this tendency where they all score sub 100 together. Like, uh, I'm, when GWS play bad, their game style, where they, they, they tend to involve everyone, is impacted. And so it's not like one guy gets tagged out of the game and everyone else continues to do, put up 120s. It's when one of them goes down, they tend to all go down. So you see, Cogs, ninety, Whitfield sixty, Torando eighty five. You know, this is co- this is what I'm used to seeing with GWS. I just the the form that they've had and in their inability to convert uh, forward movement into marks inside fifty and scores on the board um, is firstly not something I've seen from the Giants before. Usually they're just killers in front of you know in their forward half um, but it's just it, it seems to be impacting a lot of their main guys across the board so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have six Gdo West players I'm going to say I still like I don't have a problem
1: maybe maybe six is a lot I think three is probably on the low end of that answer for me I, I would probably say four or five is fine you have to pick the you have to judge them based on the pick themselves and the, the pros and cons rather than I think the team, and if, if I wanted to make a case for Williams or Haynes, Whitfield, Canelio and Josh Kelly, I think I could put together a case for all of those players. Um, obviously, in terms of risk mitigation and um, GWS getting flogged one week, it might not be an optimal strategy. But if you're playing some sort of high variance, I mean, if they win by 100 points, you'll be off to an absolute flyer that week. So yeah, nah, I think are playing. played, isn't it? <laughs> if you're playing for overall, I think you can um, take on four or five of them. Um, no problems. Uh, Seeker asks, and this is, I think, the the last question before we jump into captains, Jizo, mm-hmm. Seeker asks, is Cripps an option at 524 k or is he someone we should be taking on if we don't own him, i.e., go for someone like Parker at the same
0: price and bank on him outperforming Cripps? I mean, seeing Cripps in 2019... I would have absolutely no problem taking him on with someone like Parker. I think I I I, I think it is Crips an option. Yes, he's absolutely an option. An option. He he has the 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 gameplay that could you know he gets a, 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 a has a proper run in it and doesn't have one bloke hanging off each arm. He'll put up a two hundred the way the scores are going this year. Uh, it just doesn't look like it's going to be his year. And if you want to take him on. You know, again, the, the the Sam Walsh M8 theory and you like Parker. Um, Parker's pretty cheap as well. I've got no problem with that. I think, for me, Cripps is that player
1: that I want with that high ceiling in the best 18. Like, he, as you said, is someone who can score 200. Yeah. And I think with three rounds out of, you know, the next six with best 18, if Cripps puts up a 160, and I believe that he can do so, particularly with that fixture he read out, that I wouldn't bother... Taking on with Parker, I think you're just probably backing at best and, and even a draw. Um, and I think you're taking on a lot of risk that Cripps has one of those games that's massive. And even if if um, Parker pegs it back over the next couple of weeks, I, I don't know how that will go in terms of ranking and best 18. And um, I just feel like Cripps, he's got a three round average of 120, which doesn't mean much because basically there's one big game, one small game, one big game, one small game. Um, I just think. I wouldn't be taking on with Parker if I were to be taking him on. I think I would probably be trying to take him on with somebody that's um, probably a little bit better and a little bit more pricier. Maybe Taylor Adams this year has, you know, he's averaged 113. He's got a three round of 127. No law It's only 30K more and he's yeah. got a, around 16 by. Um, Parker, Parker does have the history of pumping yeah. out
0: 150s a couple of times a season though.
1: He does, but but Swans do have that poor tough ah, draw
0: yeah, tough draw so. to
1: end the season. So I just I don't I feel like I can understand the risk and I feel like the likely outcome is pr- it's probably gonna be a draw anyway, so it probably won't matter, but in terms of just risk management, it's probably for me I'd still be taking crips and I think that concludes all of the questions,
0: Chizo. Thanks for submitting those to hashtag podcast questions in the Slack channel. Join if you haven't already. Definitely, and Chizo. the thing that
1: everyone wants to know, we're getting a lot of questions um, about captaincy this yes. week, which I know is not great because uh, we haven't done that much research into that. <laughs> uh,
0: well, VC, looking at someone earlier like the uh, uh, Bont or McRae, perhaps against uh, the Ds, going head-to-head there.
1: Yeah, I do. What? What about Crips? We we're just talking about him against Gold Coast. Just bang on the Friday night. How do you feel about that?
0: Um, a good early flyer. If you want to, you know, you feel confident in um, Neil scoring on, on close checking from steel, something like that, and you just want to take a risk on someone that could pump out a one eighty. Go for it. I think that Gold Coast's midfield has been um, pretty good at. I'd say mitigating a lot of the the big midfielders against them this year. I know, I know some teams have scored, um, but their collective effort has been able to impact some midfielders from time to time. So, um, is Chris Crisp? Is Cripps going to score big this week against G, uh, against God? I haven't podcasted in a while uh, <laughs> against the Suns. Uh, I'd almost lean towards probably not based on what I've seen so far this year. So I'd probably put it on someone else.
1: I'm going to throw out some other names for you. Um, Jake Lloyd. He's, Love in, he's got an insane uh, you know, five and three round average Love against it. Fremantle. Yep. Love it. You're, you're a fan. Yep. All right. There you go. He's got the endorsement. I think for me, though, the number one captaincy option, um, I guess I'll say as a VC because Neil still plays after and I think You know, it's relatively safe to go somebody into Lockie Neal. If you own him, I don't think you can really go past Patrick Dangerfield. Um, Anyone against the Crows is just scoring ridiculous numbers. And Dangerfield, I'm going to read out his past history against Adelaide. He's got 123. 83 uh, which I can talk about in a second 158 149 142 132 111 it's just big scores um one after the other and they they just let they just conceded 199 points to Bontempelli 150 to Bailey Smith somebody is going to go massive for the cats it's probably going to be like Hawkins Menegola or something like that Hawkins um, has got a good run coming up <laughs> Look, Hawkins is probably still going to score a back-to-back two hundreds, but <laughs> if you have Dangerfield, I would be very, very, very tempted to put the VC on him and and Neil as the captaincy.
0: Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I I really like the Jake Lloyd shout though as a VC, like at the opportunity of him doing 160. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I that also at all.
1: I also like Petrarca. I think um, this year he's just been. Absolutely out of the world. I mean, it's hard to remember, I guess, for people who started. Sorry, G-Zo. it's hard to just think that he's averaging 123 this season. It seems so absurd for somebody that has been
0: labelled as a trap forever yeah. to come who, out who one Who labelled him as a back in the day before everyone stole
1: it? <laughs> uh, old, old man Cheezo. Uh, he,
0: he reminds but me, it, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Dusty. <laughs> No, when Dusty yeah. was a forward for like five years and then Hardwick came out and said, oh, here comes Dusty, the midfielder. It's almost like we, I wanted Goodwin to come out and say that this year so I could have picked him with more confidence. <laughs> I mean, we knew he'd get midfield time, but he... We knew that he's... three
1: years ago. We just didn't know which year it was going to be. No, they, they said in the preseason that he was going to have midfield time, but I think we were expecting 105 average yeah. or 100 average. Yeah. We were not expecting 123 average, and yeah. him as a captaincy option against Bulldogs, I think, is fine. He's, he's had two scores of 160 this season. Um, I mean, granted, they were against the worst teams. <laughs> not this week. It's no, no, 18. no, but if
0: you get him in, he's going to be someone for best 18 because he, he could just go nutso.
1: Yes, and his last three, he's had a 132, a 160, and 125. Um, I don't think he's going to be impacted by... Oh, wait. Chiso. one last topic. Max Gorn. What do you do if you still have Max Gorn at this week? What do you mean? No one owns
0: him anymore. No, people, people held one, him because he was meant to be 100% of back. Max Gorn owners traded him out because <laughs> we true. knew he had a PCL injury and he's got a break-even of 244. People 22% still own, still own him.
1: He's barely dropped. He was in like twenty eight percent of teams or something like that.
0: People held him. <laughs> I've got Chizo's face on my screen. His guaranteed, jaw is on the desk. Guaranteed twenty one per cent of those are ghost ships. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's just not true. People he's gonna be managed. Before, we know <laughs> gonna be come on.
1: People have Draper um as as cover, so they held him just to get some more more information.
0: Yeah, um yeah,
1: he potentially was back going to be back this week and now they're saying oh we're not sure if he is going to be back or isn't going to be back
0: do you pull the trigger this week then cheeseo I, I, I what was the sentence they said they said um you know oh, he's going to be we're still unsure whether he's going to be back in the next few weeks or something like that it was just like the the impression that it might be like another fortnight before he comes back out and then has like time managed on field like it, it's just this point of the season, you could, it could be way too late by the time he comes back. And when he does, are we expecting Max Gorn to be the type of player that's putting out 160s every week? I no. No. And so with that best 22 scenario, you've got the chance to go to someone you know like a Nick Nat that has the potential to go 150 and get on a bit of a run, you know, just for argument's sake, you know, Everyone will come, well, he's doing it right every, now. Will, it's, not even,
1: oh, but then it's not even an people argument. People come back, no, I can't
0: picnic that because <laughs> he missed three games on the way. Home. Anyway, um, with the cash that you have from Max Gorn, because he hasn't dropped anything yet, not only does it give you the security on being able to bank 200K to get you know, another um, another Ruckman, but you can use that somewhere else. I I, I did it more for the fact that I think he's going to be managed when he does come back as opposed to it being a severe injury. I, I, that, that's the thing. With PCL injuries, you can, you can play with him, you can come back with him, you can strap it up, but it doesn't mean you're running around at 100%. And if Gorn's not running around 100%, I'm not sure that we can expect, you know, the one fifty five round average that he had at one point. So, Chezo I think,
1: would it be fair to say that I know you traded Nick Nat this week so would he be your best option if you didn't have Draper as cover
0: would it matter to you um, look if I, I i have draper as cover and i still traded max gorn so
1: no i meant i meant to trade in nick nat because i guess if people think he's going to be rested obviously that risk is mitigated somewhat if you have draper as cover um, i think people that don't have draper as cover it presents a slightly riskier scenario in case he's rested this week or in round 17 and 18 instead of during the best
0: 18. Yeah, so my plan is to not worry about my R3 and I'm just holding a trade in case I have a resting. So, okay. so that's, I, that's viable as well. Yeah. I would rather have Nick Nat for four or five weeks and then he gets rested in round 18. Oh, we'll bring Draper on. No, I'm just going to sideways into someone.
1: There we go. That's another viable option that people are not considering um, as well. Some people are trying to bring Espe- in cover like es-
0: Especially with the cash gen that he's going to have in the next fortnight because of his big scores. He's going to be he's going to go from 500k to 600k and suddenly you've even made 50k from it if you have to trade him out.
1: <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, I myself went Goldstein. Um, I plan to hold him for the rest of the season. Hopefully he's not rested at all. But again, uh, the, you can just flick them if they are late. Um, changes, I guess, if you haven't used your trades already. But by around 17 and 18, I'm not sure we'll be using our two trades up front before the rounds even started, unless there's injuries
0: yeah. uh, in the week before. Yeah, I, I I think there's a, I think kind of summing that up with the whole Max Gorn thing, I was having a bit of a, a that was a, a bit in jest, but um, there's only so long you can hold 745,000K um, on your bench. You know, that's a, that's an opportunity cost you have across the rest of your side, and if it turns out that you hold him for two weeks and he comes back and then he's managed, well, you've missed out. That's that's three weeks of two where he missed and one where he came back to find out that he's still no good. Three weeks behind everyone else that just jumped on and uh, jumped on, uh, you know, someone else and rode the roller coaster somewhere else.
1: All right, I think that about wraps us up, Cheezo. Where can people find us on our social medias? Uh,
0: they can find us on Twitter, the main page, at Dr. Underscore SC, Pistol Yourself, Pistol Underscore DRSC, JB, JB Underscore DRSC, and Chizo with a Z, Cheezo Underscore DRSC. And, you know, guys, it's very, 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 very rare that we ask for one of these. Um, but why don't you leave us a review? If you enjoy the content and you uh, are happy that Cheezo escaped the basement, Leave us a review how's your t- how's your year going how are you going just it's time for a catch up you know like we haven't we haven't <laughs> chatted in a while and um I want to know how you're going in supercoach in 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 2020 and uh whether you're making positive moves and whether you're grinding it out because there's a lot of people that tried to a lot of people that did throw the towel in very very early when it looked like it's all too hard and we're seeing a lot of guys you know getting their highest you know ranking ever because they're sticking it out and trying to find positive movements in this difficult time you know when the condensed fixture started last time everyone panicked when we got announced for the second condensed fixture period you know what we've gone through it all we know how to deal with it we're ready for it and i basically didn't see anyone else complain about it in terms of a supercoach perspective because we're steeled we're ready let's keep going community let's have more fun let's enjoy supercoach let's take on that next task and let's get the best ranking you've ever had well perfect so I think to summarise what Chizo said he said just if you're going to leave a review make sure it's positive yeah that's right <laughs> and that was it <laughs> pretty much Pistol thanks so much for being on the podcast with me tonight and uh, agreeing to speak with me again I know uh, it, it's been some time I, I did I missed your face I forgot what it looked like I do like the little stubble that you've got going on this evening so uh, good to see you good to, good to hear from you just good to chat Good to good to chat uh, with you and to the
1: community. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys.